0: of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, Jason Meadows. And in our lives and in our businesses, we often find ourselves making decisions based on emotion when really we should be making those decisions based on hard evidence and fact. What if there was someone out there who could help you work through these emotions and help you make the best decision? There is (laughs) Whitney Kinney is a leadership and career coach who helps her clients just do just that. Well, we chat today about all the hard decisions that need to be made in our careers and how having a neutral party in these aforementioned situations can help those decisions become just a bit simpler. Uh, Whitney has a significant background in agriculture with both her parents involved with youth and agriculture. Her dad was an FFA teacher. Her mom was an MU extension agent also she worked for the Missouri Beef Council for a time as well as the University of Missouri College of Agriculture and she now resides in her child home, child, excuse me, childhood home outside of Clinton, Missouri with her husband and two children. So she has a real connection to not only Missouri agriculture but Missouri rural life and I think it's really great to hear someone with her sort of background being involved in this sort of um, kind of career path and I I found our conversation really refreshing. Uh, We had a really, really fascinating conversation. I'm really excited for you guys to hear that. And I have a really strong feeling that Whitney will be back on the podcast someday. So without any further ado, here is our conversation with Whitney Kinney. Whitney Kinney, welcome to the Ag State of Mind podcast. How are you this evening?
1: Thanks, Jason. I'm doing well. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah, we connected, and it sounds like we have almost kind of shared some of the same path and uh, the getting to where you are. And I, I'm really interested for everybody to get to know your story and and get you to introduce yourself here.
1: Absolutely. So. I grew up in 4-H and FFA. My parents both had careers that were connected. My mom worked for Extension. My dad was an ag advisor. So I really was um, well invested into youth so and you ag a, like, leadership. 4-H from,
0: and FFA. Like, exactly. From, yeah.
1: From a very young age. And so I obviously had a love for agriculture through all of that. Uh, we grew up in the country. I showed sheep was one of my projects that I had. And so when I was looking into career options, I knew I loved ag. I knew I wanted to go to the university of Missouri because I had grown up cheering for the tigers. Both of my Mm -hmm. parents were alumni and I really liked to communicate. I wanted to help tell the story of agriculture. It was when, you know, ag advocacy really was such a popular Topic of conversation and it still continues to be but that really um, motivated me to want to study ag journalism at Mizzou and um, so my first job out of college I worked for the Missouri Beef Council so um, Really had an incredible time learning the ropes of promoting um, Missouri's beef industry through the beef checkoff working for farmers and ranchers and getting to tell their story and then after that it was a time in my life where I was reassessing, reevaluating um, my values, my priorities, and at the same time, I got recruited to go back to Mizzou, only this time working in career services uh, for the College of Ag, Food and Natural Resources. So instead of promoting beef across the state, I was helping students in the College of Ag promote themselves to employers, and so it was honestly while I was at the university full-time that... I started to become more aware of mental health and resources and learning more about what all of this entails. And so um, when I started listening to your podcast, I just found myself shaking my head with so many of your conversations and thinking, yes, exactly. These are really great discussions that need to be had. And so coming to you as a career and leadership coach now, I have seen different things and I've coached different clients and professionals through topics that I think impact our state of mind when it comes to our professional and personal goals.
0: Yeah, you bring up a good point there in that it's mental health infiltrates every part of our lives. I mean, it is so applicable across the board, whether it be a health and wellness type coach or like you're doing a career in leadership, and I've talked to people who are doing it through financial type things, it's almost been taken for granted up until the last couple of years, And with something we just don't even think about, but it is super important no matter what we're talking about.
1: Absolutely. And I think what you said summarizes it, but just to kind of put an exclamation point on that, we are very unique individuals and we have been created with a variety of interests and values and traits and those things spread across a variety of different roles and responsibilities and um, you know activities that we might experience throughout the day and so thinking about ourselves as a whole person and coming at our mental health from a whole person approach, I think is what I hope that my clients are thinking about when they're looking at their career. They're not just making career decisions, they're making life decisions.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you made a—it's a great point, and I've said it so much on here before—is that it—it it needs to be a holistic approach where it's everything is factored in, in into our overall well-being, and you know, I mean, I, I've never even really thought about it until I've talked to you about how being in career and leadership, how important that is not only to ourselves, but to those people whom we serve.
1: Absolutely.
0: And who we work with.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, the reason that I love working with my clients and my clients love working with me is we are asking questions to make sure that we're not just floating through our career and not being served well by it or the other responsibilities and roles that we have aren't being served well by it. You know, I think back to people who I know who have retired after um, 30 plus years of working in the same position or moving through positions based on what was expected of them without really taking much time to pause and say, is this what I want? Or is this um, in alignment with my values and priorities? And so that can have a great impact on us, both at work and how fulfilled we feel at work, but also we carry that work stress home with us. And that looks like mm-hmm. a variety of different things based on everyone's circumstances and individual, you know, situations.
0: So you bring up something I really want to talk about, and I, I, I do want to get to that. And you brought that up with your last point. How did you get into what you're doing now in, in career and leadership coaching?
1: Yeah, so I was working at the University of Missouri. I was the assistant director of career services in the College of Ag, Food and Natural Resources, and we had a little more than 2,000 students that were undergraduate students. And so I was meeting with students and serving these students throughout the fall and winter semesters. And I was helping them find their jobs. So we would do resume reviews, interview prep. I would help them learn how to use LinkedIn, how to develop job search strategies. And when I became a mom, my values changed, right? So Mm
0: -hmm. as they should.
1: And so I recognized that I really was at a place that I wanted to spend more time with my daughter. And so I stepped away from that position, which is a whole nother discussion because I was voted most likely to succeed in high school, which I don't ever really think about. However, um, there is a sense of need for accomplishment in my DNA, I guess, so to speak. And so it wasn't necessarily the expected choice, right? So people, whenever I said I'm staying home, it wasn't necessarily like people were like, oh yeah, we just assumed that would happen. It was against, I think, the expectation for my career trajectory, so to speak. But I had done my self-reflection. I kept checking in with myself and I recognized that my values had shifted and it was going to be okay for me to step away from a full-time job. And so I became a full-time mom and I still had professionals reach out to me asking, you know, for help with a resume update. They were um, going for a promotion to become an executive in their company or they wanted help learning how to use LinkedIn. And so I was serving clients sort of um, in an a la carte basis where people would reach out to me. I wasn't doing any. Business development and they would reach out to me and I would tell them, here's how much, you know, the investment would be, and this is how I can help you. And we would do this kind of one-off business um, transaction and my clients were being successful. And so at the, you know, a few years of that later, um, I got to a point where it was more manageable for me to be a full-time mom and launch a business where I was actively engaging in looking and serving clients. And so how I really have expanded more into the, this leadership piece where we're talking more about harmony and I'm coaching clients on how to live out their values and their priorities is twofold. One, the experience and background I have had have helped me to grow in those areas, my own, in my own experience. And two, as I'm coaching clients on job search strategies, I would be remiss if I wasn't talking to them about values. And so by helping them find a target job audience, we've just naturally started to have these conversations. And they're my favorite conversations because as a coach, I'm a third party, unbiased, non emotional voice that they can hear my questions and answer honestly to what will serve them and what is most exciting to them and what will fill them up. Because you and I, we've had these conversations, right, with the people who are closest to us, whether that's a spouse or a parent or a sibling or some other close loved one. Um, Everyone who is connected to us like that has the best intentions, but they're emotionally connected to the outcome. So that's where my business has been able to grow because I'm unbiased and I'm not connected to the outcome. I just want to see my clients succeed in what truly is a best fit for them.
0: Yeah. And that is very needed, especially as you know, we're talking, you know, with the, with this podcast, we talked to so many people in agriculture and there is, there's so much emotion that goes into almost every decision that gets (laughs) made. It seems like, and that's why agriculture is such a difficult business. Not, not only a difficult lifestyle, but a difficult business because there is so much emotion involved in it. And it makes me think of what about the, Oh, what's a great? What's a good example? Well, let's 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 use me. I'm a pharmacist. Do, am I emotionally attached to the medications I dispense? Of course, I'm not. I I am emotionally attached to the people, uh-huh. but but I'm not to the actual ins and outs, the process of the job. That's not so okay. much the case when you're a farmer. You, right? you, there's so much emotion attached to that and that's why it's so difficult to separate what's business from what's from the emotions and that's why like you a neutral third party that can come in there and see it with unbiased eyes and you know help you make a decision and help you make rec help people with recommendations on what to do that's super helpful and not just in agriculture in any sort of business I, I I find that that very valuable to have
1: absolutely. I mean, I even will tell you I have a coach that I've hired to help me gain clarity and focus for the purpose of my business because I can only have so many conversations with my husband before we're both worn out, right? So it's also a benefit to the spouse um, who maybe is always the sounding board because, you know, I'm a mom and a wife. I've got two little kids, regardless of how old kids are, kids are a lot of work. And even if somebody doesn't have kids, you are filling your time with a lot of responsibilities. And so to tack on the hour long conversation that we may be repeating day in and day out, especially in times where we are feeling high stress or lots of tension around our careers. It's overwhelming for the spouse or whoever is on the other end of that conversation. And so hiring a coach is just simply uh, also protective for the emotions of the other people that you're Relying on and seeking support from.
0: Hundred percent. I mean, I have a coach myself. My wife had a coach. She isn't working with her right now, but but she, you know, she's still. She's become friends with her. I'm not sure that's a good uh-huh. thing or not. But <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. But yeah, no, that to have and let's stay on this for a second because yeah, you hear the word coach and. It almost, I feel like sometimes has a negative connotation with it when you hear some, Mm -hmm. do you, do you feel that sometimes?
1: You know, the funny thing is I was just um, kind of fleshing out this idea as I was wanting to talk about this in another area of my business. I personally don't see it as a negative thing. I hearken back to, I was flying in an airport um, one time and I saw a quote. It was actually, I think it's attributed as an African proverb, but it says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. But really for me, coaching is both of those things. I spin my wheels when I'm working on something by myself. I like to think about my clients saving time, not having to do their own Google search or not having to YouTube something or not having to ask 10 friends for their advice because they have one go-to resource. But I do think that yes, there is a mindset maybe that could say well I'm not struggling so do I really need a coach well Patrick Mahomes doesn't struggle and he still has exactly. Andy Reid <laughs> exactly pl- yeah, you
0: were going to the exact same place yeah you were going to the exact same place I was going like these high profile athletes who are the best right. in the world you know we're in the chief season now so I mean that's the always uh-huh. the go to Patrick Mahomes is always my right. go to as well and that's yeah they are the highest performing athletes they're making millions of dollars yet they have a coach who's not even getting paid Mm -hmm. as much as they are telling them what to do, help, you know, guiding. Because
1: the reality is, and this is from my experience, why I value having a coach enough to invest not only my time, but my dollars, I get really dialed into whatever business goal I have. And I need somebody who's looking at it from a distance, not feeling burdened or overwhelmed by it who can just ask me the question and say, Hey, you know, how are you spending your day? And I can see that, you know, I'm actually not spending my day in the best possible scenario to be able to accomplish the goal that I was so focused on because she has a a higher level view That's not tied up in Mm, just the mm -hmm. minutia and the tasks that we get bogged down with.
0: Almost like a watchman on the tower.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Who could just sort of like walk alongside and share great resources. And it's saving me, you know, even the little things, Jason, it's saving me from having to even learn new processes because I'm just simply learning by going through with her as her client.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, and so you you talk about like, it's an absolute investment in yourself. It's an investment in your brain, investment in your soul, if you will, if you want to go that deep in it. And that's the way I feel about it. And I mean, I, I get I was one of the people who had a negative like mindset around coaching, around, you know, mm-hmm. why do I need a coach it? What's wrong with me? You know, am I bad? Am I, is something right. wrong with me because I need a coach? That's couldn't be further from the truth. You are performing at the highest level you can by yourself. You need someone to help you along in that, you know, somebody to Absolutely. maybe break that, bust through that glass ceiling.
1: Mm-hmm absolutely i kind of i th- think about my wedding because i was a very much do it yourself pinterest bride if i could hot glue some twine to a mason <laughs> jar i was going to do it and sometimes i think that we take that same do it yourself approach to goals but we don't get as pretty of results because we just flounder and we spin and you know if anything 2020 taught me that I definitely didn't want to do that two years in a row. So why not invest, like you said, in something to push yourself farther and faster?
0: Yeah. And I always think it's, I always love it when people who are coaches themselves tell me about their coaches, because, you know, I mean, it's like this, it's all, it's this just, just this beautiful cycle, I feel like where you know, you're helping people, but there's also somebody helping you to help those people. I mean, that's, that's, that's wonderful. That's the way. And I mean, honestly, that's the way the world should work, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, I was just talking to a group yesterday. Um, We're brainstorming the importance of connection and community. You know, we weren't meant to do this by ourselves. We need to look up and seek the resources that are around us. And um, I think that the coaching model definitely fits into that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So something we we chatted about and before we started recording where we were texting back and forth, we, we talked about this concept of balance and how always everyone is trying to achieve this magical thing that is balance. And I've found that there is no such thing as balance, especially when you've you're doing so many things but you used a word and I'm not sure that I've ever heard it used this way but you used harmony and I think that's a really wonderful way to kind of encompass all the things that that a person tries to do
1: yeah absolutely so i try to focus on harmony over balance because i think words matter and my idea of balance is like my daughter's in kindergarten so let's picture her kindergarten playground with teeter totters on it and so if balance is achieved, then my work, let's, let's pick animals. So how about elephants? So my work elephant is on one end and my family elephant is on the other end. <clears throat> but then I'm also adding in my physical health activities, my mental health activities, maybe spiritual health. Where are those to land? And will they ever all equal to where they're truly balanced 50-50? your point, that feels impossible to me. And so I'm automatically starting out thinking this is never going to work. So I use the word harmony because I can better visualize the idea that all of the hats I wear will make me smile and they won't be fighting with each other, if that makes sense. So harmony is more this concept that nothing is trying to actively push out something else, but they're in alignment. Mm, That's the other mm. word I like to use is. Yeah, um, I like that,
0: alignment too, yeah, yeah.
1: That our, our values and responsibilities are, and our roles are all in alignment with each other. And I had mentioned to you, but self-reflection honestly is the big key here because um, I mentioned earlier, you know, do we wanna retire, get to our retirement and think this didn't really serve me? How did I get here? When we are actively self-reflecting and checking in with ourselves, certainly monthly, but also weekly and daily, um, there are small little self-reflection check-ins that can really be helpful to us. And so essentially we have to identify, I told you that my values changed when I became a mom, you know. I also felt a change in my values and my priorities when I got married because my first job was heavy on the travel side of my responsibilities and my husband's job was also heavy on the travel duties. So we would legitimately, one of us would be getting home and the other person would be leaving the same day. And so that worked when we were single and we didn't live together. We didn't feel any... Like, that wasn't out of the norm, right? But once we got married and we were living in the same house, I started to notice, oh, this doesn't actually – like, I would like to spend time with my husband. We just got married. So those values change with life changes a lot, but they also start to evolve in between those big changes that happen. And so I told you, I worked with college students. I think college students are getting really great services from universities in terms of, you know, how to prepare a resume, how to do interviews, but there's not a lot out there um, coaching them beyond that first position. And even I would say values are discussed on college campuses, but it's hard to really identify how to make choices based on values that don't necessarily set in stone until further on in our life experience.
0: Yeah. You talk about values are super important because, and I've talked about this before, Carrie and I have a, well, I have a set of core values as a person, as an individual, but then we have a set of core values as a married couple, and then a set of core values as a family, as a whole, uh, speaking about us and our kids. And the thing about values is they can, you're right, they can, they can shift from time to time. But when you have a set of core values, it makes your decision making much simpler. Uh, I almost said easier. It doesn't make it easier, but it does make it simpler. <laughs> yes. And. You know, I think it's Brendan Bouchard who talks about this a lot. And he says, and, I'm go- and I am going, may be wrong, and this is just coming totally off the cuff here. And, you know, you, you do need those things, you know, every once in a while. I mean, you need to examine your values often. And you need to be able to just sometimes take something away. You know, as you add things in, there's something that needs to be taken away. You need to have like a fail list. And there needs to be things that, you know, that would be great to accomplish, but they may have to wait. They may have to fall off that because you want to make sure you fit the big things in. And there's this, uh, I'm wanting to say allegory, but it's not an allegory. I guess an anecdote about how... Someone was trying to figure out the best way, and I, I, I'm going, I'll almost guarantee you'll, you know where I'm going with this. There was the best way to fit these many different shaped rocks in this container.
1: Yes. You
0: know what I'm talking uh-huh. about. You know where I'm yes, going here. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. I figured you probably got to start did. with
1: the big ones, Gotta or else the, the little ones will never the, fit one the,
0: in. Yes, absolutely. The big ones, you put those big blocks in, those big rocks in, and I've I, I first heard this about I'm going to say probably about 10 or so years ago it uh-huh. was my wife it was Carrie and I's first talk together at church in our church we give talks there's no like one preacher who gives a sermon All Mm -hmm. the, everybody comes and gives their own talks from week to week. And oftentimes it's a family that does it together. And our first time doing this together as a married couple, she used that anecdote and it stuck with me so much. And, you know, as, and I think about it so much because I, I actually, I apply it even in my job when i'm trying to fit like i'm checking a customer out and i try or bagging up prescriptions and i put make sure i put the big things in first <laughs> because i know right. that you get the little ones and it but it's such a incredible vision visual for people mm-hmm. to you know make sure and because i think we spend so much time fitting a lot of little things in that the big things go out the window yes you know I, and i think we, mm-hmm. we we miss out on so much of the big stuff when instead it obviously should be the other way around that we fit those big things you know the and you've got to and the, the great thing about it is you get to figure out what those big things are that's an individualized thing you know everybody exactly. gets to figure out what's important to them and you know for me it's family it's obviously work it's my faith in god and Everything else kind of, you know, obviously this podcast and the farm, all that stuff, but it makes the little things just kind of go off into the ether or maybe be able to fit some of those little things just in every once in a while.
1: Yes. So, yes, I love the big rocks. I love the little rocks. I have heard of um, creating a yes list and a no list where you know the things that you will say yes to and you automatically decide the things you're going to say no to so that when you get those requests, you just automatically know what your decision would be because there are things that we know we're going to be asked to do that maybe just aren't working right now for us. And I think for so many of us, Um, especially people who want to be helpful, especially in agriculture, there are so many great organizations and causes and things to be involved with in leadership roles. We have to recognize that there's a season for everything. And so let's choose wisely what to put in each season. And sometimes that means we do a total list of all of the things that are getting our time and attention and Instead of trying to take things off that list, you create a new list and you only allow the most important, the big rocks back on the list. And I know that that sometimes feels impossible because, well, how could I even, how could I even say no to this? But you can. That's actually something I just sent out to my email list last week. I said, hey, I'm, I'm working with a client to um, help her take a responsibility off of her plate And so we created an exit strategy and here's the template of what she's going to share to help exit from a responsibility that she's served and she's enjoyed, but it's just not um, something that she can keep on her plate right now for the good of her big rocks that are in her life, which is her business and her family. And so that seems like really drastic, right? To like, go ahead and take something off. But if we don't do it, we're going to continue to be stuck in cycles of overwhelm and busyness and we're going to begrudge the meeting that we have to go to and not be a valuable leader.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, everybody has a saturation point, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We we need to determine for ourselves what that saturation point is and I feel like we need to come in just a little bit below that saturation point. You know, right. because it leaves it leaves us some wiggle room, right?
1: Yes. My husband and I talk a lot about margin. We need margin because there are going to be things that come up that need our time and attention. And when you talk about service, right? Like how many times have you driven down the road and seen seen someone who needed help, but if you were running late to a meeting, you didn't feel like you had margin to serve that person. We need margin to be able to step into those moments that happen in our day.
0: Yeah, you know, we can we can make this go so many ways. But I know when Carrie and I are planning out our budget for a paycheck or for whatever, you know, we always leave a miscellaneous fund, you know, uh-huh. for yeah. for each paycheck, you know, just just in case. Or, you know, uh-huh. oh, we forgot about this, you know, margin. You know, I like to say that. Right. I like I like that margin. We need some room.
1: Uh-huh. Absolutely. Well, and you bring up finances. I'm gonna pull that concept of budgeting back into time management i remember going to college and my dad saying when you have a part-time job you'll be able to budget budget your time better so this is giving you some inclination to the fact that i'm a leadership coach um Mm -hmm. my parents were very much um, pro leadership so my dad talking to me as an 18 year old about budgeting my time you know it's not a coincidence that i'm doing what i'm doing now but we only have a set number of hours a day. And one of the things that I do with my clients is help them budget their time. And you can do that if you're listening now, just by simply looking at each day, each hour and identifying what you're spending your time on. Yes. Um, yes. and just like with finances, it's the small expenditures that are adding up and yep. compounding. It's
0: the death by and a so, thousand cuts. Yep.
1: Exactly. So like, for instance, I put my son down for a nap today and then I lost 20 minutes scrolling Pinterest. That 20 minutes, you know, like when I'm not going to bed at the time I want to tonight, I need to remember that my 20 minutes of scrolling has already happened.
0: Mm, mm, Good point. Yeah. So, I mean,
1: there's a lot of parallels between good financial health and good time management health.
0: A hundred percent. and. Man, I, I I know that struck a chord with people when you talk about, you know, the time you spent <laughs> scrolling. I mean, it struck a chord with me. I know I do it. And, right, you know, and it is, it's the time well spent on stuff. And it used to be like, for me, it used to be, I used to have that excuse where like, I didn't have time to exercise. I didn't have time to run. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time to do this, all this a day. And it turns out I really did have the time. But I was spending it watching TV, watching movies, Mm -hmm. doing things that weren't really serving me well, and probably staying up too late. So I couldn't get up early and go to work out in the morning. But slowly and surely, I've gotten to the point where... I couldn't name a show on television right now
1: mm-hmm. because
0: I watch mm-hmm. so little of it. I, it's even gotten so bad. I barely watched any football this year, but I work out every day. I spend time with my kids every day. Um, sometimes that spending time with kids does involve watching football, but I, I've got a really good concept of what my big blocks are right now.
1: Right. Absolutely. And that is serving you well. And so I think you've asked the right questions and you've committed to putting your time and energy into what is important to you and
0: and i don't want anybody to think that i'm tooting my horn i'm but, you know beating my chest on this i fail i absolutely fail at this i mean you just said it yourself you spent 20 minutes you know scrolling on pinterest when it probably could have served you well and you know and i know i do that too and I, there are times i do stay up too late i mean i in fact i stayed up too late i think just this past sunday night watching some stupid TV show that I probably should have went to bed early, you know, but you know so I mean and that's another thing to do is make sure you give people give themselves grace when it doesn't always work out
1: absolutely this is all a process and so yes, I'm figuring this out on a moment by moment basis too and so I think that's why it's important though for you to be having conversations like this and for people to be engaging with resources to help keep it top of mind so that we can be moving in a positive direction and not the other way. I don't know. Have you read, um, atomic habits by James oh, clear? Oh
0: my gosh. My, that was my number one book for 2019. Okay. Awesome. So Yeah. So I, his I concept of
1: like, if you can improve by one every day, yep. you will be 30 times to- 37 times better at the end of the year. And so, making choices that are helping us move towards that one person and 1% a day feels a lot more manageable in my mind (laughs) than trying to just like have perfection. We're never going to have perfection. And so to your point, grace with ourselves is a key component in, in this pursuit.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Whitney, I feel like we could talk all night and I I feel like, (laughs) you know, I feel like you and I need to Talk more too because there's some really good stuff that's coming out of this. And yeah, I think absolutely. we're, spe- but we're really just like scratching the surface. I feel like so. I mean, I, we're running just a bit short on time. And I want to, you know, I know you've got kids that like actually need your attention more. <laughs> mine, like, I, I have four boys and their are ages 15 down to seven, I'm, I'm convinced they would survive if I just gave them a jar of peanut butter and a big tub of water for like a week. Like, yes. <laughs> you know, they're at that point where they're pretty self-sufficient, but <laughs> yours aren't quite to that point yet. So, you know, I, I want to give you, I want to be respectful of your time tonight.
1: Well, yeah, I appreciate that. Well, and um, I had told you, but I just want to tell your audience that I have created a um, self-reflection check-in that can be helpful no matter when or where you're using it. You can tape it next to your desk. You could cut out some of it and put it on your bathroom mirror or put it on your refrigerator. You could use it even with your spouse or family. But just as a way to check in with yourself, um, identify priorities and values and feel like you are reflecting on some of the things that we talked about.
0: So it, how can we get a hold of that?
1: Awesome. So slash reflect and I can get that free for the show notes.
0: Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes and uh yeah, that's having something and I mean we can go into this all night long, you know journaling that's a big part of me you know reflection and checking in and doing that in in whatever way is possible you know david goggins talks about uh his mirror how he would write all his stuff out on the mirror and Uh you know then have to face it and the mirror of accountability i think is what he called it and that it makes it real it makes it something that's in your face it's not There's no hiding from it, but, but at the same time, it's, it's serving you and it's making you, it's making you be very intentional.
1: Absolutely. Yes. I have used my bathroom mirror for scripture and positive affirmation, encouragement, questions, all sorts of things over the years. It has served me very, very well. And now it's my refrigerator because I feel like I'm always getting milk and snacks for my kids.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Of course. Well, cool. Well, I enjoyed the heck out of this tonight, Whitney. And I, I absolutely feel like there's going to be time for you to come back here and talk, and hopefully not very long because I, we, I'm not even sure we even really touched on the things that we wanted to. But that was okay because I feel like we had a really powerful conversation tonight.
1: Absolutely, and these are valuable, worthy things to be talking about. So thanks for having me.
0: Oh yeah, of course, of course. All right, well you have a great evening. I will. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at AgStateOfMind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.